127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Get rich, make money, do the splits, and get funny. Well, hey, what I do to the podcast, <laughs> that early morning rap. Did, did you say oh, get rich? Get rich and make money. Make money. Do the splits and get funny. Oh, yeah, rapping can so be sense. just totally out of order. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you say that all the time. I think I just go straight to get money. <laughs> you say get rich, get money. No, I don't think I ever say get rich. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I don't think that's ever until today. That's the first time that those words in combination have ever come out of my mouth. There's no shot. No chance. <laughs> get money that second half though was on the spot do the splits and get funny yeah that what? one was good that was good <laughs> that that could actually be out of order but if you did the splits i would think it would be funny yeah. so are you yeah. are you doing the splits oh no okay can you do no you i'm yeah. not flexible at all yeah resident meeting took a weird turn i was thinking about that afterwards <laughs> yeah if people were just watching the resident meeting how weird <laughs> spaces of it were if you were a fly on the wall yeah you would be lost didn't understand anything we we're saying but we're paying attention to body language and wondering why people were stretching stretching yep in their chair we didn't get up we did not anyway sprawled I, out over the couch it's fun good morning Good morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> what are you smiling about over there? What time nothing. is this going to be released? Thursday afternoon? Yep. Good afternoon, friends. I'm nothing. Welcome. I'm just smiling. Welcome to the afternoon, except it's early in the morning for me. Good morning. Currently. Well, it's early in the morning for everybody currently. Yeah. Just our voices are going to time travel. Yep. Which is crazy. It's wild. I need a better job scheduling my classes. <laughs> Messes with you. But it's fine. Yeah. That one thirty time slot was was clutch on the Thursdays. Heard. Mm. You only have to schedule classes one more time, right? Yeah. How's that feel? Praise God. That's huge. Undergrad. I I love love college, but don't love school. And so, that's where I sit. I yeah. Think, I think school is just a distraction from from all things college. You know. But we're almost there. <laughs> and if you're a first first semester freshman, good luck. <laughs> Because you got a fun journey ahead of you. I tell you what, it's, uh, <laughs> yes. it's not. It's not all bad though. All kinds wanna, of encouraging today. Not. What, I don't want to. Yeah. I want to preface that it's not all bad. Some. Some of the school is great. I. Th- I thought, but yeah, you know, that's that's just me. It's a math major. Very true. So enjoy it while you're while you're in it. Undergrad only happens once. Hopefully, it's true. Hopefully, <laughs> what? I don't know how it happens twice, but. I mean, sometimes you, I mean, gotta, you, c- you could get two undergrad degrees, but it's just a weird play. Double major. Sometimes you've got to doing it twice. Sometimes you've got to redo it, you know? Yeah. Why? Because sometimes people drop out. Well, it's not a redo. This is a restart. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you got to like start over. I mean, you do got to start it sort of, but not always. Unless you wait a really long time and they just don't count any of your classes anymore. Cause, True. Sir, you took math 40 years ago. You got to redo that thing. You should, you should start over. Restart. Um, how often do you have to have your driving test? Like, how often do you have to do the driving part of your driving test? Ever again? I don't no. think so. I've never had to do it. I don't think so. I wonder why that is. I'm worried about uh, I have to go in and get my eyes checked again. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you had, got a different day. prescription? Uh, 
this oh, no. senior year of high school. Oh, my. Zach. Wow. You're supposed to go every year. Well, I mean, there's... I used to go, like, three times a year because my eyes would fluctuate so much in how much... How much? Yeah. How good they could see. Um, used to wear, like, eye patches to fix the shakiness in my right eye. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, yeah. But now it's, like, basically settled. But I think it's just going to get progressively worse as I get older, so... Yeah, it's a crutch. Yeah. That's the hard part because glasses will continue to make your eyes worse, not better. Yeah. Um, what do and, you mean? Oh, glasses. I think you said classes. Glass, uh, classes will also. Glasses yeah. messes with your vision. True. Glasses, it, it's it's a handicap. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. your eyes get lazy and they're just like, I don't need, I don't need to draw hard anymore. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's why I'm always encouraged when you walk in with your glasses on. I'm like, he's working out. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's making my eyes weaker. <laughs> he can't see, but he's working out. Mine, because they eventually hit a plateau. Mine have sort started to hit that plateau, but <laughs> plateau. plateau. It's still, I think mine are like negative five seven now. Man, I'm, 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 I think all the numbers bad. are made up. You negative five seven. But I dude, <laughs> you're so short. <laughs> negative five foot seven. But yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. Um, eventually, I'm gonna get contacts, or I'm gonna get LASIK or something, but. Brian talked about LASIK yesterday on uh, the good old breakaway. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Are you ever going to get LASIK? LASIK won't help my, my eyesight, they told me. Why not? Because it's, uh, it might help like vision wise, but the condition that I have, it won't. Because this eye, my right eye turns into the line si- the line of sight of my left eye. No. Left eye dominant. Yeah. So right, right eye just always catching up. Yeah. So when I look, when I look at you, I'm looking through my left eye. Like I don't really, I don't really know what's happening with this one. So I'm like on this. So like, I'm on the left side of my face. How many fingers am I holding up? That's just mean, dude. It's like two or three. Wow, that's good. Yeah, I don't that's, know a I that. that's a fifty percent chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only true. got four fingers over there. You yeah, covered two of them. That's true. That's Very true. true. I just thought I'd share that with you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Speaking of sharing, oh, that cable went loose. Wow, you unplug it. Evangelism, sharing Jesus. That's what we're talking about today. Sharing Jesus, which is a great transition. That was good. Um, obviously, every every single week, I think we kind of start at a baseline. Um, and this episode can go anywhere, but um, I have it more on on the practical side. Hopefully, of just starting conversation. What does the conversation entail? How do you kind of flip the conversation, and then how do you end a conversation? But before we do that. What does it even mean to evangelize? What does it even mean to share Jesus? You, you just said it. What does it mean? So what does it mean to evangelize? What does it mean to share Jesus? You answered the question with a question. Yep. Way to go. That's what Jesus did. Now he's just like, look, look at me. Look at me go. Um, I mean, it's sharing the gospel, spread, spreading the gospel, um, pr- proclaiming the gospel, pre- preaching the gospel. All of those things can be evangelism. Um, my, my brain goes to, uh, the first, let's see if I can talk myself into this. Uh, the first and the last stage of discipleship. Last is a, maybe a bad word there, but, but if discipleship is circular and you meet Jesus and you go through the process of growing in your faith, the end goal is to share Jesus and it starts over. Mm-hmm. 
maybe the end goal is to meet Jesus, but that's a, a that's a terrible, <laughs> we're not, we're not doing that part of the ministry. So, True. uh, so you, you give your life to Christ, you experience rebirth, whatever you want to talk about there. And then you go through the process of like understanding to the point that you can do that again. Um, so evangelism is the starting in the end, uh, the most important part of discipleship. It's the thing that I think in church culture, we've left out a lot. Mm. Uh, but that is literally, um, the, 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 the Greek word, um, uh, literally means gospeling. Yeah. Uh, to, to go, to go, yeah. Gospeling. Um, here we go. A gospeling. I mean, that's basically what that is. <laughs> you know, do you do a rap song about that? Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the word in the Greek, like he was saying, it means gospel or good news. And it like, it's you and Galeon or uh, Evangelion. Uh, and there's another one that is just another, like very similar. And it's you and Estase, which is an evangelist. <laughs> Why or, do you have a Spanish accent when you're talking <laughs> Greek? Hey, I, I haven't taken Greek that. yet. This is I'm chewing on ice right now. Sorry about that. But <laughs> I had to get on there. Like John said, a bringer of good news. Um, just my mind is uh, thinking of just how Jesus, like he sent out the 70 or he sent out the 12 just to go and share the good news that the kingdom of God was coming. So mm. this, you're, you're bringing good news. What is, what is this good news? Like what, what exactly are we sharing? We say gospel, but what are even, what are we sh- What is that? I don't know how to, how to articulate that. I'm, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the simple questions. It's, him. It, it's pretty simple. Just you're sharing the good news that Jesus came, that he um, lived a perfect life for you um, and, and died a perfect death that you deserved, but that he didn't. And then rose three days later um, so that you could be made right with God forever. I mean, it's, we can, we can put it in a bunch of different words, but really the gospel is just the good news that, that God became flesh. He didn't have to become flesh, but he became flesh and then created the way and made certain the way that those who believe in him would, would be with him forever despite their sin. Mm. So it's good. John's nose is on his mic. So I'm guessing he's not talking. Sweet. Huh? So now we know, now we know what we're sharing, but now he just snipped. Uh, now that we know what we're sharing, how do we even, how do we even spark up a conversation to, to get into a gospel conversation? Like what are some, some easy ways to start conversations with people that we don't know? Um, you know, waiting in line for food or, um, I don't know, in class, like what, like what is sparking up a conversation even look like before we get to the gospel stuff? Like what, what are some practical steps that someone can take? Um, in, in a logical sense, you find it very easy to talk about the things that you're passionate about, even to strangers, mm-hmm. um, or to talk about the thing that you put on display because then people are going to like, they're either going to ask or you have an opportunity to, to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can be, uh, nope, I'm not wearing it. I, I, <laughs> I had to fill the top of my head. Um, so, so we're going to go, uh, next week we're going to go watch the Red Sox play the Rangers. Yeah, we are. Um, and so I was a, I was a Sox fan in the Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, for a long time. And, Walked into the Freebirds in, in Allen, Texas, and the shop owner like screams at me, "You 
you from Boston? Just like, let's, let's me have it. Um, he ends up being from Boston and it starts this weird relationship with us because he saw my hat. I mean, I wear a socks hat 90% of the time. He sees my hat. I get free food that day. Wow. We, we call him and use him for an event at the church that we were doing. So the Freebirds comes out and caters. And then a couple weeks later, I see him at a hockey game, at a minor league hockey game. He's, he's in our section and he's like, hey, like he just screams at me. Yeah. And so we have a conversation then. And for the next five or six years, anytime I would go into that Freebirds and he was there, I ate for free. Wow. And it wasn't for anything except for what I was displaying when I first walked in there. I didn't have to tell him anything, but it made the conversation easy because he just, he could assume that that's, that's what, you know, I was a Red Sox fan. Um, and it made it easy for me to talk about because I'm passionate about it. And so for us, I think the the first side of that, even getting past the awkwardness of just like going up to strangers, because yes, sharing this message is something we're commanded to do. Unbelievably important and always awkward. It doesn't matter how many times you've shared the gospel. We experienced this in New York too, where it's a little bit easier for some of us who have gone before and people who are there the first time are like, how do I do this? It's awkward for all of us. Um, but it's easier if it becomes the thing that you are most passionate about. I don't want to even yeah. say passionate. It's just the thing that you're most passionate about. Then I can't help but share. Mm-hmm. I can't help but speak. Um, out of the overflow of the heart, my mouth will open up. Yeah. Um, that That's always my approach. Now, there's little tools and things that we can throw out there. But if you are not passionate about it, and this is just a forced, sometimes it has to be forced. I believe that there that's part of the 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 premise that God lays out that leads to the promise, but uh, you have to take those steps and it will be forced, but it's easier if it's something you're passionate about instead of just like, uh, I feel guilty because I'm not mm. sharing my faith. I should go out and do this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I think obviously Paul says in first Corinthians nine that you, um, you should become weak to win the weak. You should become strong to win the strong. So I think part of a practical application of how do we, share the gospel with um, anybody that we meet is just first, like John said, share your passions, but also hear what they're passionate about. Because obviously um, unbelievers have no reason to be grateful for the gospel. They have no reason to be passionate about it, passionate about it. And yet I think one of the best ways to approach somebody with the gospel first is just to hear what they are passionate about and then care about them enough to know once again, what they're passionate about, because that's what Jesus did. I mean, Jesus, he, he first approached people with what, what is on your heart? What, what, what do you want? And then met their, their spiritual need through that. And so I think even meeting people, hearing their, their, their heart, what are they passionate about? Um, Building a friendship first that can then open up, their heart to your heart. And so I think, I think that's an example of some practical advice. Yeah. So we spark up a conversation, we get out of our introverted selves, um, and embrace the awkward kind of break the silence of, I don't know, sometimes for me, just like standing in line and there's just like this weird silence that I have to break between these people that are standing are that are standing around me. Sure. Um, you break that silence, you start sharing about things you're passionate about. Um, we'll say this is before, uh, you start talking about Jesus. What are some ways to practically turn a conversation from from kind of the small talk or baseball talk or whatever kind of talk this is that for us like isn't the mission, um, but obviously like we'll probably get them excited. Um, how do we turn that into 
gospel sharing into a, a deeper spiritual conversation? Um, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> it's, once again, it's, it's difficult because everybody's different. And I, I can say firsthand there have been situations and conversations where I've had small talk and then I've, I've done the diligence to um, change it from a baseball conversation or football conversation or just Texas A&M conversation to a spiritual conversation. And it's always been just, just been like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of this conversation. And that's one of those situations where like you did your, your job and yet it was a red light as Paul would say in Acts 17. And so I think just being faithful to say, you know, like, Hey, well, do you, do you go into church anywhere? Or Hey, what, what do you do on the weekends? Um, because I think like, that's a pretty easy segue of you're talking about basic things and you could say, Hey, what do you, what, what does your weekend look like? What do you do on the weekends? Um, because that is, I think vague enough that you're not going to scare them necessarily, which I'm not saying you shouldn't mention church, but then you could say, Hey, like, this is what I do on the weekend. I'd love to love for you to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like Zach said earlier, Jesus always, always answered with a question. And so I think even just asking with questions, mm. not necessarily just making declarations over them, but giving them questions so that they can, they can answer, they can come to a realization themselves. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I always, and I don't, I don't think this is a negative at all, but there, there's just a few go-tos uh, that are pretty good transition things. Um, and, but these aren't prescriptive. We'll say that because, uh, my, my job, my situation, my life, like all of that's different, um, with people. And so I'm, you know, I'm not a college student in a college town. And so a lot of times they'll even ask like, Hey, what do you do? Because there's, you're not a student. So what do you do? Do you work at, you work at the university? That's the, that's the, the question I'll get asked a lot. If I'm in conversation with somebody and, and I'm like, Hey, tell me a little bit about, about what you do, where are you coming from? Um, and I'll hear a little bit of their story. And then the cordial mm-hmm. thing is to ask me. And a lot of times it's, well, do you work on, that's the assumed assumption. Do you work at a It's like, no, but I get to work with a lot of people that do. What do you do? And then it, it leads into, uh, I get to break the ice because here's, here's the awkward the, the unbeliever talking to the believer, um, even if you haven't said, uh, hey, can I tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, right off the bat, there will be something different about you that they see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, and, and I don't always know what that is, but they're just going to know, like, in our culture, even in, 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 the, in the South where you're, you know, you wave at people on the road that you don't know it's still awkward to, to walk up to a stranger and just start a conversation. We, we do a baptism by fire uh, in New York and make it even more awkward where New Yorkers don't want to talk to people <laughs> and they would much rather just ignore you than have you come up and talk to them and go, Oh, because mm-hmm. uh, even we experienced this this year, the people that start conversations with us, like on the subway and stuff, aren't from New York. They look yeah. at us and go, Hey, where are you guys from? Yeah. <laughs> they just know yep. this group is not from here. And so you in those places stand out, but even in, in Texas, even in Bryan College Station, if you walk up to somebody and have a conversation with them and start that, they're going to go, you're weird. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is weird. Even if you're not weird, what you're doing is weird. 
And, and so I have the, the way out to go, I work at a church mm. and then they go, well, okay, then I kind of expect you to be a little bit different <laughs> and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to share something with me. Um, the, the cool part is, is the, I said this in another video, but I'm sorry. The cheat code to evangelism is that you have a space to invite somebody into that mm-hmm. will allow someone else to break the awkwardness for you. Um, in, in saying that is because some people just don't understand like why we gather together to sing, why we open up this book and read, why we do all of those things. We talk about relationships being so important and encouragement that we find in gathering together with the local body. It helps for you to go, Hey, wh- this is what I'm doing tomorrow. Wh- why don't you, why don't you come um, and hang out that even that breaks down the awkwardness of what is actually happening. Mm. It, it doesn't always have to be, and you know this, and missionaries know this, and uh, that that you're going to be one of probably a couple steps that somebody has to take in order to respond yeah. uh, to the gospel. Most, uh, I don't know the statistic because it's probably never been measured, but here's my experience. Most people that give their life to Jesus um, do so at or after the word of God has been proclaimed. Mm. Um, and so that's at a church service or sometime after they've experienced that um, in some way, shape or form. That could be just sitting down at a table, somebody going, let me read this to you or, mm-hmm. or you read this to yourself. I'm going to give you some verses and then they respond or it was at a service. That's the most powerful weapon we have. Anybody that comes to us and says, hey, what, um, how can I help? How can I share faith with so-and-so? Uh, either read God's word to them or give them an opportunity to read God's word. Are they hostile to the gospel? Give them verses to read and just hear their thoughts about it. Um, Are they open to it? Send them verses that are encouragement and see God's word bring them to life. It's the most powerful weapon we have. You have to get them to that point. And you're probably not going to get them to that point in line. It's Sabisa. You're not going to be like, hey, would you read this verse before you pick up your Salisbury steak? This would be great. (laughs) That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. It could happen when you sit down because maybe they've heard about church and stuff before, um, but you need to get them to that point. And mm-hmm. oftentimes the easy thing is like, hey, on Sunday morning, I'm going to be hanging out here and we got, mm-hmm. we got cinnamon rolls. Why don't you come hang out? Mm-hmm. Because probably more than most people looking for a savior, they're looking for a friend. Yeah. Um, and so relationships can be the best start and invite them into the space where the awkwardness is broken. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. I, I have a few thoughts. I mean, first of all, like I've, as I've taken uh, one of my classes in seminary, I've learned that like just the approach to Jesus from the Gentiles and Jews was so different. And so like the Jews who were awaiting the Messiah, they knew the scriptures. They knew that they should have been waiting for the Messiah to come. And yet the Gentiles had no expectation of the Messiah. And so it makes me think of like John just kind of mentioned that a lot of the people maybe on campus here or um, just living life are not really looking for a Messiah. Like John said, they're looking for a friend. They're looking for someone who loves them. And so I think uh, it just reminded me of uh, Matthew 4. And so um, you see in Matthew 4, beginning verse 12, it says that now when he heard that John had been arrested, this is John the Baptist, he withdrew into Galilee, that's Jesus, And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the 
people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And so you see there that it doesn't even mention that Jesus was, was preaching yet. Uh, now it says that in verse 17 after that, but just by him living there, um, the people in darkness saw a great light. And so my, my point there is that we have to remember as believers that we have light inside of us, just as Jesus did, because if he is the light, then obviously his children are, are children of light. And so we have the strength and the power to bring up those conversations. Um, Luke, Luke chapter four, um, if you are a breakaway, apparently he talked about it last Pier- night, purely. but Luke four, verse 18, this, <laughs> the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty. Those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, if you are a believer, which everybody that's called everybody that's preaching the gospel should be obviously, then you have the spirit in you to, to empower you to do all those things. And lastly, I want you to notice the wording in Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you will receive power when you, when the Holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, God gives us the power before he even calls us to be his witnesses. And so that's, that's just a reminder that sure it's awkward, but non-believers should be able to tell within you that you already have the light because once again, the spirit lives inside of you. And so that's part of the reason why when, like John said, even if you can't necessarily be like, Hey, have you heard of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ? If you can be a friend to them and, and invite them to church and invite them to be in your spaces, then you've already won. Because once again, the Gentiles were not looking for a Messiah. They were, they were looking for someone to love them. They were looking for someone to care for their needs. And that, that, that's one of the best pictures of Jesus that you can be to others. Care for their needs and be a friend. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I think as people ask this question of how do I evangelize, I think we forget that we can follow a blueprint all day. Mm-hmm. But if the spirit of, spirit of God isn't in that conversation, nothing's going to take place. Um, and so even as we, we give practical advice, um, remember that the spirit of God's going to give you like, oh, I can turn the conversation here where I didn't even think that a conversation could, could flip to spiritual because of X, Y, or Z was said. Um, and that's the spirit of God moving in your midst. Um, you just had to have the ear to listen to and the eyes to see, um, which you will, cause that's what the spirit of God does. Um, and I think, um, we have a God who is full of love, um, and through that, if you are full of God's spirit, like you're going to want to love these people well and yeah. be a friend to them. And through that, again, like we were talking about earlier, your biggest passion should be the gospel. Um, and that's just going to come alive naturally in conversation. But um, we've, <laughs> we've flipped the conversation. We're in spiritual things. Um, y'all have kind of already hit on this, but what, what are some, some good approaches to sharing the gospel? I know we, we brought up asking questions. Do I explicitly have to share the entire gospel? Um, do I share my testimony in this time? Like, like what is, what do these conversations actually look like if I haven't stepped into it or I've just like not been great at it, really new to this thing? Like, what do these conversations look like? Sure. I I don't want to undercut, um, undercut the question by what you said in the previous, but it's important to reiterate if people weren't paying attention. 
um, there, there's not a blueprint uh, to this. If you would just find people interesting, if you would just learn to love people mm -hmm. um, and care about them, that is the, that is the best, I, I'm going to say maybe the best pathway into their heart because the, the act of evangelism gets a terrible reputation when, when most people who are doing it aren't interested in people. Mm, yeah. Um, they don't seem to care about people. And, and so they're going to stand on the corner and scream at you. They're going to belittle what you stand for. Um, and, and so what is it? Uh, Jonesboro, the Jonesboro Baptist people that just give us a bad rap standing there with their signs that are, they're just unbelievably hateful uh, towards people. And so um, if, if we would just go, Hey, people are interesting. Yeah. Uh, they're made in the image of God. The, the person that I'm talking to is an amazing creation of the creator with thousands of interesting experiences in their life. And most people don't have, or haven't taken the time to sit down and hear about those interesting experiences. Mm. And so if I would just go, Hey, I'm going to today find people interesting. I'm going to lean into them and see what God's story is in them and, and believing that God desires, because I know he does, he desires that all be saved, but that God is, is on a redemptive path to this person. Yeah. And, and so I just want to be a part of it. Like I want to see the story unfold. And in that, you also have to take that approach to like what I'm doing today um, is, is just maybe a seed scatter. It's just uh, a little bit of watering that might happen, but God is going to bring life. Um, and we've scratched the surface of that. If you've been in Bible study with minor prophets, they're going to talk about it a little bit more. Um, as we continue to walk through this, the minor prophets do a great job of going, God is sovereign over everything. Um, and, uh, even as your Bible study may get into the predestination versus Arminian versus Calvinism, whatever kind of conversation we kind of land on this space. I do of going like, uh, yes, God, God is the one who calls. Mm. We get to respond but God is the one that gives us the ability to respond. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot that's happening there. It's just going to be God's fault. So, so Zach's question of like, what are some of the steps that we take? They're going to be unique for every situation, uh, I believe. But if you, would, if you would go into the conversation going, I'm going to just find this person interesting and maybe do the hard work because know this, if you're successful, and, and this is a weird word to use there. If you're successful in sharing the gospel, which, which the success is just that you shared the gospel, you've won at that point. But if your definition of success is that that person responds with faith in Jesus and begins the relationship, your job just got a lot harder yeah. because mm -hmm. you just went from like friend to parent real fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and so you have to really deeply love people and find people interesting because if God chooses to use you in that way, you're going to be a part of their journey to with Christ, especially the early parts. And those are the most difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you have to make that type of commitment um, to, to love and find people interesting early on. Now, practical. There we go. Anything practical over there, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I... Definitely. Uh, first thing I would say is assess um, the maybe quantity of conversations that you could have with certain people. For instance, uh, I was in Africa basically about a month ago now. It's wild to think about. Uh, but like conversations that we had with people in the slums, um, we had to assess that this is probably our only conversation with these people. And so the reason I say that is that if, if this is your 
if you if you're approaching a person where you think that you would may, maybe only have one conversation ever and you'd never see this person again, such as like maybe at a baseball game, then I would say really talk about what's important. Um, and so, for instance, I know that in the past there's been times where I've, I've talked about working at a church um, and, and that's great. But that was really like secondary information because like the reality is, is them knowing that I work at a church is great. But what they really need to know more than that is that there's a Lord and a, and a Savior that loves them. And so I would say even even in that, if, if you're only going to have one conversation with this person, really try to attack what they need and and what they need is that a savior to know is that a savior loves them and died for them and has a plan for their life more than just the fact that that you know you you go to church and and all these things however if 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 it's a person maybe you've had multiple conversations with then i think sharing that information is okay because those people you have already are already kind of in your circle and and they know about your life but i think that's that's one piece of practical information is just really um, gauge what is super important then because Colossians four says that, um, that we need to approach every season with, um, what's the word, um, season, every conversation with salt. And we need to approach every conversation knowing that we don't have that much time. And so I would just say, um, use your time wisely. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I had a thought and I don't remember what it was. She gone. Dang it. That's okay. Oh, I remembered. Um, Welcome back. I, one thing I, I want to emphasize here too is just because the conversation doesn't go the way you anticipated, if you, if you even hint, um, <laughs> if you even hint at Jesus or, or say the name of Jesus, I don't think we understand the power of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that the, the curiosity that the spirit of God might bring upon that person is, is wild. Um, and sure. I, th- I think we just think so, uh, narrowly of, of these conversations of like, what can I say? What can I do? What can, um, my knowledge brings to this conversation, but, but simply speaking the name of Jesus brings about a curiosity for these people. Um, so whether that's in the form of asking questions, whether that's sharing the gospel, whether that's sharing your testimony, whatever that is, um, that's a win. Um, like we said, like even just opening the word of God and you don't even have to do anything, just having them read it, um, is a win. So yeah, I found the verse I was looking for. It's Colossians four, five walk in wisdom toward outsiders making the best use of your time or of the time. Mm. Uh, the phrase the time there just is kind of interesting because it makes me think and um, understand that like God knows the amount of time that you have and your time is obvi- obviously limited and numbered. And so uh, you're going to use the most of your time. But I think also I like that Zach said that uh, we think so narrowly because I think with that we often um, – think narrowly and think lowly of the spirit. We kind of just, we place the father up here and we, we place Jesus rightfully, uh, up there with him. And then we kind of just, we kind of just limit the spirit. You know, we kind of quench the spirit and we kind of think that it's all our own strength. We kind of think that, uh, if we mess up in a conversation or if we, if we fail to mention something in a conversation, then that person can't come to faith. Mm. And yet, you have to remember that if, if the same God who can um, save people with no mental capacity, um, then, then God can definitely save someone, even if you forgot to mention something. Yeah. So that's really good. All right. Well, we're there. We've shared Jesus. Had a, had a spiritual convert. Do you have a thought? I, I think I know where your question is going. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, shared Jesus. 
things went well, even things may have not gone well. What are some effective ways to end this conversation? I think that's where people like who have shared the gospel consistently probably fall into this. Like, I don't even know what to do now. Like, do, do I get their number? Do I ask for prayer requests? Do I pray over them? Do I just say, bye, have a great day? Like what's, what's an effective approach to end a conversation that was, you know, probably deeper than they anticipated. Sure. Um, I, I think, uh, knowing, knowing what you're called to can affect the end of that. Um, mm -hmm. and being in our community, uh, I'm just going to zoom in being in our community. It, it's a little bit different in the ending of conversations because more than likely the relationship's not going to end. Mm -hmm. It's us sharing the gospel with, with the waitress at nukes that led to something incredibly beautiful that like, like spaces like that, because, she was a, a waitress that we could at any point go back and just mm -hmm. ask God, like, let her be on shift today. Let like that. So the relationship could continue. And so in our, in a majority of our context, knowing what God has clearly called you to, because I, I think we do a lot of, a lot of people disservice to be like, Hey, you're supposed to share the gospel. And we end it with that. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And, and I know the gospel. I, I, I can explain to you what the gospel is. And I've been given resources on how to share it. And so all of these are, all of these are great. Let's go do it. But without knowing the end goal, mm -hmm. then, then you kind of hit pause. And so, so two, two little chunks of scripture that I think connect really well, and this might push us over time, but that's fine. Um, in second Corinthians four, mm. it's pretty easy just to, to read through. Therefore, since we have this ministry, because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. Instead, we have renounced secret and shameful things, not acting deceitfully or distorting the word of God, but commending ourselves before God to everyone's conscience by an open display of the truth. And so it, he, preaching the gospel to himself and in that this is what we do. We, we live this out. Verse three. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age, lowercase g, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of God's glory mm. in the face of Jesus Christ. So, I mean, it's, it's clear to see that, that this is what God is desiring to do to, to, to shine in our hearts this light so that even other people will see more clearly Jesus. And then verse seven flips it. Now we have this treasure in clay jars. So, so even if you're like, look at me, gospel sharing machine, you're still a clay jar that God is using for that. Yeah. Um, but you're a clay jar that has been given a unbelievably powerful call because Paul in Acts chapter 26, before King Agrippa, and his defense to him shares his conversion account. Uh, and so on the road, verse 15, Paul says, who are you, Lord? And then Jesus's words, if you have a red letter Bible, you're in Acts chapter 26. And here's Jesus speaking. I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Get up and stand on your feet for I've appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you as a servant and a witness for what you have seen and will see of me. That's your call. Verse 17, I will rescue you from your people. And from the Gentiles, I am sending you to them to open their eyes. Mm. 
And so God is going, I want people to clearly see Jesus and I'm going to send you into places so that people's eyes are open to clearly see Jesus. So it's a pretty powerful and pretty amazing and maybe scary call for some of us. Um, but if you connect those two passages of people uh, of scripture, people are, are spiritually blind until God gives them the eyes to see. And in that God causes them to be born again, but God is using you. He opens the eyes of the blind to the truth and the beauty of Jesus by sending people to tell them the good news. Mm. Um, and so I, I'm, I can fall victim of this of going, it's going to be God's fault. The Holy Spirit's going to have to move. All of those things are theologically true, but he still chooses to send me into those spaces to be a part of their eyes being opened. Mm. Um, and that is, that's weighty uh, because here's the, here's the, the follow-up. John doesn't have the gift of evangelism. I just don't think I was given that gift. Uh, I think everybody has been given gifts, but I don't have the gift of evangelism, but that doesn't mean I don't have to share Christ. Yeah, I'm yeah. called to share Christ. Some people are just going to be better at it. Um, I don't, I, I think I have an okay gift of hospitality. Some are so much better, but I'm still called to serve and to love people. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with mercy. Um, I, I like, I could keep going through yeah, these. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a stronger gift of teaching and so that comes alive, but that doesn't mean that other people don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. So th this is how this, this plays out. And if, if we would understand that and make that calling contagious, then, um, the, what is it? The, when the apostles are put on trial and uh, the high priest in Acts chapter five says, you filled the city of Jerusalem with your teaching, you have to go. Mm how much easier would evangelism be if, if people walking around just went, every Christian is just talking about Christ all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so they walk into a restaurant and it becomes their expectation. Somebody's going to come up to me and share Jesus today. Like that's just going to happen. Mm. The city has been filled with your teaching. Like, mm. and, and let's, let's hype the local church and let's hype impact and let's hype breakaway and let's hype all these places that are doing that yeah. really well. And we're not scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not. Like you can still go into every restaurant in the community and there would be unbelievers there and yeah. they haven't had anybody share Christ with them probably ever. Mm. And so, and so we can't just assume that, but what if we made this our goal? So the, the, what do I do after I've shared that? Let this be your motivation towards the end goal mm. that, um, I am responsible. I, I'm going to use that word. I am responsible by God's hand of using me as I've taken faithful steps to see people's eyes open to the gospel. It's mm -hmm. that important. Mm -hmm. It's not just, have you heard of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? We already talked about, but there's a continuation to that. Yeah. Um, and so th this is how faithful God is, 42 minutes. This is how faithful God is. The, the waitress down the street from the church that we can go and share our faith with, she, she just existed in that space as long as God wanted her there. The guy who owns the shop in New York that I go now three years in a row and I've walked in and had gospel conversations with, God has been faithful to keep his shop open. Um, and maybe, maybe it's just because he needs to hear the gospel one more time. Mm. Um, I, I don't know that. I can't play that card, but I'm going to go in there and every year go, Hey, it's good to see you again, bro. And he remembers me. And then we can have a conversation and I can encourage him and taking his faith steps and then keep going. Mm. Um, God works in that way. I think our follow-up is going to be, how can I stay committed to this person? Mm -hmm. um, it could just be prayer and, and that it's okay. Asking the person like, Hey, I know this conversation may have been strange for you, but, but I want to keep praying for you. 
Um, this isn't just a one-off and a throwaway. How can I pray for you? Can, mm-hmm. can we possibly stay in contact? The world's really small now where yeah. we sent kids to Japan last year. And so they have all of these Japanese students contacts in their Instagram. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much they're talking to him, but they're able to, yeah. um, you can still continue the relationship from a distance. Um, but then in our community, you can go, I, I'm coming back. Our staff, our staff loves this when, when the Lord starts stalking people, that's a weird way to say that, but it's what happens. We have this story of this, this guy at, uh, Academy that like three of our staff members shared the gospel with just wow. like day after day after day. And we didn't know it. It was like, we all came back and we're like, Hey, I met this guy. I met this. I met the guy. Like it, we just stacked yeah. it. And at the end we're like, yeah, God's stalking that brother like that. Like yeah. none of us had that planned. Um, but, but if we would make that commitment, um, to go, I'm going to remain in relationship with you in whatever way you feel comfortable with, yeah. but I don't want this just to be a one-off because what I'm sharing with you is so unbelievably important. I'm going to keep leaning in. Mm-hmm. And eventually th- those people may go, Hey, I remember that person that, that shared this Jesus with me. And I'm kind of in a space where I need something else. Maybe I will reach out to them. Um, your availability for relationship, I think, is the greatest end yeah. to those things. That's great. I went a long way. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, life is life. It's, no way. And so, like, you, you're not going to be able to converse, like, continue conversations with people forever. Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about how, like, a lot of times, like, I'm going to plug this, by the way. Uh, the evangelism team, I believe they have meetings at 2.30 on Monday. I think it's 2.30 in the MSC. And like, that's when they eat lunch and they have conversations with people. Clearly, they're probably going to have classes before and after. So the the conversations cannot continue forever. And I think a fluid way to just end those conversations is, I mean, like you would with any of your friends, you'd say, hey, like, I can't continue talking, but I need to go. But it it was great talking to you. Like, I would love to talk again, or I would love to, like, I think a lot of times we Mm over-spiritualize Um, talking to people about our faith or about our life because we often we get in the mindset that unbelievers are a project that we have to just continue to tend to mm-hmm. when really it's just another person that, that God has made in his image who, like John said, needs to have the eyes of their, their heart um, enlightened. And so I think if we could just approach people with... Um, eyes that see them just as you are, or just as your friends are, that all they need is a friend Mm. and all that they need is just a friend to love them. And through my love, maybe just maybe the spirit of God will change their heart. Because once again, if we could just look at it that way, then a lot of our awkwardness or um, fear to share the gospel, I think would go away because it would really just be like, Hey, it's just another person. I, I'm just going to love them like a friend and we'll see where the conversation goes. That's great. It's that simple. That's great. And that's how you share Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. Good luck. <laughs> May the spirit be upon you. And uh, Can we say good luck about sharing evangelism? I think so. Okay. But why? Sharing evangelism? Sharing evangelism. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you in all your endeavors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a good way to end that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I hit it on hit it on the head. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. that is solid. Is that? The, I think that's it. That's I, the click to the that's, outro. Yeah, that's that's right there. I mean, go Athletics. Um, <laughs> they're the best team in baseball, and um, you had to we'll, bring baseball into this somehow. Way to yeah, go. Yep, yeah. we'll be sharing Jesus <laughs> with them. It's fine. It's okay. Hey, we'll see you guys on Sunday. I'll be here. 
and next Thursday. Bam, bam, bada, bada.